My name's Lucy. And I'm Juliet. And this is Dyke Lemmers, where we talk about all things dykey. So get strapped in for a gay old time. Hello, hey. everyone. <laughs> Welcome back. Missed you. <laughs> Missed you all. Yeah. <laughs> Tired, but missing you. Yes. How, how are you doing today, Lucy? Good. Yeah, yeah. I had a really really strange experience happened the other day okay i was on um tcr mm. uh, which is tottenham court road i realized people don't say that i need to get putting that into the <laughs> tcr it's way quicker um and i'd got like uh like a like some sushi and mm. i went off tcr on a random road i wouldn't even know where it was i couldn't tell you um and i just saw these two people i was just eating my sushi and i just saw these two people and they were being a bit shifty. And you know when you can just like tell when something's like a bit shifty and you're sort of, those early warning signs like build up in you. Yeah. So I was sort of eating, but casually looking out of one eye. And um, then this little like twink just runs out of this building. And it's like, are you guys here for this place? Like, do you want to just stand over there, smoke and then come in? And I was like, where am I? <laughs> what is going on? What? And when I say twink, they were wearing like, leather like nips out yeah like twink 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 yeah um a really high-pitched voice so i googled it because it was called vault 139 Uh and i was like that's weird because it looked like just a house Mm. i googled it it is a gay cruising bar (gasps) which is amazing and i I, it's literally it's really close to where i live as well incredible Um, although not that close because you could then work out where i live but it's somewhat (laughs) close to where it was tcr um and I Googled it. It's open seven days a week. Wow. Like from like lunchtime. Because as I said, I was eating my lunch. Wow. From like 12 to like, I don't know, like 5 a.m. Wow. And there's there's things going on every single day. Because I looked onto their web. They don't really have a website. It's more like just like you can find out what it is. Mm. And it got me thinking. Do you think that the like gay cruising bars and like gay saunas in mm. the UK mm-hmm. would work for lesbians? I wish they existed. I to mean, be honest. yeah, yeah. I, I want that. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously not. When, right when now. we're single, if I was single, I would want that. Like, yeah, yeah. I I did see on Instagram at one point, and I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to find it. Mm-hmm. There was um, like an all female uh, sex party. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think there's a few of those, but not a, not a cru- not cruising really. Yeah. I just think that that's that would be. I mean, I don't know if that would be absorbing gay male culture. Well, that's it. It's not really our it's culture. It's not our thing, really. But I love the idea of um, gay saunas for yeah. for lesbians because I want to go to sauna in general. Well, that's what I mean. Because <laughs> only women. It would yeah. be only women because gay saunas like. Same with gay cruising. Like it's not legal to have sex on the property, mm. but it is legal to go there with the idea that that might mm. come out of it. Mm. Um, so obviously, people are having sex on the property. Let's be honest. Yeah, but. Um, I just like that idea. Like, how nice would it be if we could just go and, like... Because a sauna, yeah. a gay sauna is literally a spark. So I looked up some of the most famous ones in London. Mm. They look amazing. I want that for lesbians. I want to go to a spa where I can meet lesbians. I just want to go to the spa. Fucking, <laughs> yeah, let's be real. I just want to go to the actual sauna. I'll be there, like, don't talk to me. Don't show me your tits. I don't need to see him. Go away. I've seen him already. <laughs> I'll be there all covered up, like, stay away. Well, no, because I'm a bit of a nudist. So I love this idea. Yeah, I am a bit. Exhibitionist. Exhibitionist, yeah. Mm. But it's not for sexual gratification. I just enjoy it. Like, I just, I like yeah, being naked. Yeah, and, um, um oh, uh, Hampstead Heath. 
swimming ponds, female oh, ladies' yeah, swimming yeah. ponds is I great that. for that. Like yeah. everyone's just there with their tits out, just like yeah. Yeah, well, that does have a history of lesbianism in there. Yeah. Which, to be expected, I mean, isn't it? Maybe, maybe that's our equivalent of a cruising spot. I would like a, I would like a bar, a though. I just feel like spot. that would be really yeah. cool. But especially 24-hour, like, yeah, week, like... Exactly. Sick. It would be amazing. And you can just... Obviously, it's for sex, but, like... I don't know. I do think sometimes like, lesbian culture lacks this, like, very sexual element of us. Mm. We're a bit sort of airy-fairy sometimes, so it'd be cool to have yeah. that type of thing. But yeah. I don't think it would float. So I understand why no. it doesn't exist. It would be nice to have a place where, and, and like I was saying, I'll find this this sex party because it did very much feel like that. But like a place where, you know, queer women who are single or in open relationships, um, non-monogamous, can explore that sexuality like with each other mm. in a safe space. Mm. That just would be lovely, to be yeah. honest. Because I think there's not enough of that exploration mm. in the community i think there's a lot of confusion mm. around it so it would be gr- it would be really great for mm. people especially if it was like led by like sex practitioners who really mm. know what they're talking about mm. like be be sick yeah it would it would because a lot of those things as well you do need guidance too yeah especially if you're getting into like more bdsm stuff like you need help with that because mm. you can't just go full health or leather no no pun intended <laughs> um with without anyone helping you out because that's where you yeah. can get into some some tricky stitches definitely but definitely yeah what have you been up to um well nothing that interesting but <laughs> i know that was good <laughs> but i've been watching a, a show on netflix at the moment which is it's really random but um just found it really interesting it's called um the deepest breath oh my god it comes up on the top and i really want to watch it it's so interesting and i won't ruin it all um but essentially the premise is it's free diving Um, okay oh that scares me yeah and it's like free diving um competitions so i never knew about this section of sport at all yeah but like essentially they have a long um line that has weights on the bottom Mm -hmm. and they take it to a certain depth and then the and they prearrange what that depth is right and then the people who who are competing they try for that depth basically um so they'll set it up it'll be like based on their personal best and everything got it yeah um i can't just go out there (laughs) no (laughs) no um but yeah it's really interesting and and like quite an extreme sport definitely because they have to have like spotters that that will see if they're struggling or with they oxygen are struggling, for them um no they just help them like back up Fucking to the surface. i'd want oxygen yeah i don't think they have oxygen not that from what i could see um and then some of these people like they come up no problem but their faces are like blue because they've had such a lack oh. of oxygen that yeah would you do that would you dive it's not for me. I don't think it's worth it. Would you dive with oxygen? Oh, yeah. I'd like scuba dive 100%. I'd do that. I just don't think I could. I would definitely do that. No. But it is a bit scary because like um, they can get these, this thing called, oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. I think it's called like lung cramp where mm. basically your lungs start spasming shit because of the lack of of oxygen but they all get it like no matter no matter how experienced they are you can just get it and if you get it they get like several tries mm. so they get like i think three or four tries mm. maybe five and um 
if they get it several tries in a row, then they'll disqualify them because then at that point it becomes dangerous. It's not good but for you, lads. You get several of them coming up and they are unconscious because they've what? lost that much oxygen to their brain. No, yeah. no, lads, ladies, stop. <laughs> this is not worth it. This is just so. It's like um, oh, is it spelunking? Spelunking. What the fuck is spelunking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was the right word, but it's when uh, people go like cave diving. Is this spelunking? Yeah, it's a, maybe it I, is. I, I really yeah, like yes, myself. Hopefully, um, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? And they're like, you just got to breathe in, just get your ribs over it. Fuck no! Oh I need like so much more. I can't go in a cave, even if it's massive. I can't go in a cave. It's scary. Or like those people who go, um, like cave exploring but they do they do those things where like it's very 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 tight spaces and they have to manipulate their bodies to like get around the corners and stuff but the fear for me of not being able to go backwards oh stop it (laughs) stop it i watched this um tiktok the other day um because obviously my tiktok knows i'm afraid of everything and it was this guy that like the there was like a children's playground and it become like basically underwater and there was a slide like a completely uncovered slide and it, he came down it and then it was suddenly flooded so you can't go back up <gasps> and you can you go back down he swam out but fuck me i felt sick that's terrible sick to my stomach <laughs> it reminded me of um one of the reasons why i'm afraid of enclosed uh what are they called like water park slides mm. is because of that uh simpsons episode where homer goes down and he gets stuck and then they send the kids down to like free him now i understand oh. it's a simpsons episode but how horrible would Terrifying. that be if you'd like Terrifying. gone down a slide and you're stuck no oh i no. can we move on yeah <laughs> right <laughs> the dilemma for today the yes. dilemma so we're talking about imposter syndrome in the community so mm-hmm. feeling gay enough so we actually had a dilemma right in for this yes and it goes as such. Hello to my favourite dykes. Thank you, by the way. Oh, I, I kept that favorites. in. What? <laughs> feel very special. A weird one for you. I'm an asexual, bi-identifying human who sometimes suffers from imposter syndrome in the queer community. Mm-hmm. Listening to your podcast has really opened up my eyes to what's going on outside my very male-defined ideas of queer spaces. Can you help a non-binary power out? Now... There isn't a clear question in there, but mm. what we thought we would talk about with this is imposter syndrome mm. in the community. Mm. Did you do any lovely polls for us this I week? Did. <laughs> I did. Um, so I asked everyone, have you ever felt not gay enough? Mm-hmm. And the options were, um, yes, you don't look gay in quotations is my biggest fear. Or nope. I give ultimate quit vibes. Um, it's cocky. <laughs> what do you What do you think? Um, knowing our listener base, mm. I know they're not all lesbians, mm-hmm. and lesbians are the cockiest of them all. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, like a mm, this is hard. Maybe like a fifty fifty split. Mm, interesting. So sixty nine percent of people said you don't look gay as my biggest fear yes. oh wow and 31 percent said nope i give ultimate queer vibes yeah mm. it is higher than i expected i i expected less people to struggle with that than than i than i thought because mm. i think a lot of people they give off such a confidence that you would mm. never know mm. so is that thing that classic thing isn't it that you don't know what's going on on the surface you don't mm. know what's happening with someone mentally mm. but yeah how would you answer that question i i would answer yes 
you felt it i have felt it definitely definitely yeah Yeah, i think so Mm. i think so Mm. not not massively Mm. we'll get into it but like yeah i i i'm not sure it's hard because it's not how i feel now yeah but it's like reflecting back yeah i can Mm. think back on a time when i definitely felt that especially Mm. like early days of coming out Mm. because i was also a a late coming out person Mm -hmm. so i can feel that definitely um but i also did an open response so have you ever experienced queer imposter syndrome oh okay cute yeah um what are people saying then so we had a couple of responses from one person so they they were replying to the have you ever felt not gay enough um they put this is a tough one i've been out since 1997 oh wow. one year after i was born same um <laughs> and we wanted to fly under the radar as we faced a lot of discrimination and there was no legal protection but now i'm older i want to be seen as gay um and I think they meant to put as gay as possible. Okay. Um, And I think I'm doing okay. I don't look gay enough, has not really had much of my brain space through all of this. It's always, do I look cool enough instead? Cute. I like that. I like that. Um, But they also said to the, have you experienced queer imposter syndrome? No, I've only ever been queer. I don't know if that makes a difference or not. The fact that I never, to the fact that I never have. Um, I feel like a loser because I've only had sex with one human, but that's different. (laughs) (laughs) That's not lame. You're not a loser. No. I think, I mean, if anything, that's what a lot of people aspire to. Yeah, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then one another person put, lol, all the time. Don't know if this question applies to bi people. It does. It does. Can I just preface, all our questions apply to everyone. Yeah. A lot of the time. Um, We we try and make them that way. Inclusive, yeah. As much as possible. Um, but I'm constantly being told it's just a phase and I don't really like women and that if I don't have much experience with them I'm not actually bi even though I know I like women but this often makes me doubt myself and I feel like I need to start dressing differently or acting a certain way for people to take my sexuality seriously Hmm. Mm. okay it's interesting Mm -hmm. I've we'll get into it but I've definitely I've definitely felt that Mm-hmm. Especially when I was um, identifying as bi. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll okay. get into it. Um, but first, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Not everyone might know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So I had a lot of definition, if you want to Please, hear. please. So it was actually only first named in 1978, which hmm. is a lot more recent than I would have thought. Because mm-hmm. like, it's a quite a universal thing that everyone I think can feel at points mm-hmm. maybe it's just we didn't have a word for it before um but here it's defined as the condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally despite being high performing in external objective ways the condition often results in people feeling like a fraud or phony or doubting their own abilities I think that's very much framed in the career sense yes but I think if we're talking about it with um queerness which we are um i would say that it's more a sense of 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 anxiety around your sexuality Mm. and for being rejected if you're not seen as authentic in that Mm. sexuality Mm. essentially Mm. that you are faking your sexuality and that it's not yeah it's not all it's not authentic Mm. um to the people outside of you even though that is how you feel Mm. 
what did you have any thoughts on definitions um no i think that's right so obviously imposter syndrome is um it is relating to career Mm, i think that's where it comes from isn't it in the larger sense yeah yeah but i think it's what you said so it's basically questioning you questioning your own judgment on your sexuality and your gender Mm. i think in a nutshell Mm. and i think majoritively it's due to other people's perceptions of you mm-hmm. rather than mm. feeling it yourself mm. or what you what you think their perception what you might think be. exactly you're yeah. assuming yeah yeah. yeah yeah it is just a a, a, rum- a ruminating thought like, yeah ultimately exactly um, because if you are straight and cis you probably don't question that so yeah <laughs> i think when i was when i was not out and i was just like fully living my straight life not with a question at all yeah i i I, when i was fully in that i don't think that that was ever a question of like do i present as straight enough no exactly 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 so when we're thinking about uh queer imposter syndrome what are some signs that someone might be experiencing okay so i think just questioning your own judgment so going Mm. like am i actually gay or am i just pretending that i'm gay Mm. for whatever reason Mm -hmm. um same with gender like is this actually my gender or am i just like overcomplicating things you know it's it's like negative self-talk isn't it yeah yeah definitely something that i have here are like um not having a sense of belonging within the community Mm -hmm. um having low self-esteem and self-image so not feeling Mm. yeah like comfortable in the way that you're presenting maybe Mm. um gender dysphoria uh shame in in one's appearance habits sexual preferences and comparing yourself to other people in Mm. the community Mm. um i think the shame one is a very very interesting section of it because Mm. I, i definitely think that that can come in especially like earlier stages of of when you're coming out of like feeling like what you're doing is wrong yeah which like why am i making my life hard yeah yeah yeah. because like especially if you come from like me a family that has somewhat struggled with acceptance Mm -hmm. you you get that spouted at you of like why would you choose this hard life why why would Mm. you why would you do that to yourself um and then like you know their their perceptions of of a normal relationship or normality in a relationship and not understanding that or saying like oh a a lesbian relationship is weird or it's Mm. or lesbian sex is weird Mm. or even when people have that classic thing of being like oh how do lesbians even have sex Mm. like that kind of vibe i think a lot of the shame can be tied up in homophobia Mm. um and how much of that you've absorbed onto Mm. yourself um and how it makes you question question yourself and your identity Mm. um but yeah there's a lot there's a lot that can come under the umbrella of of it i think it's harder for kids now as uh, as well because like Mm. it's kind of cool Mm. again to be gay yeah and like when i was in school it definitely wasn't um and it wasn't really like no one was really out whereas like now i speak to because i work with kids like i speak with kids all the time that are out and proud and like Mm. yeah okay there's like 
homophobia and stuff in school but they normally have like a group of gay people around them mm. and i can imagine that must be quite difficult um especially with the tiktok age like it's yeah. now like cool to be especially a lesbian it's like cool mm. not in the real world though guys come come into the real world it's still not cool yeah um but i can imagine this perpetuating a lot more now potentially mm. because it's like mm. am i gay or am i just wanting to fit in with this crowd because that definitely was never yeah. a thing for me of like oh if i'm gay i'll fit in more it was the opposite it was like if yeah. i come out i'm gonna be rejected yeah yeah no definitely it's like a flip a flip side of what we may have experienced of no longer ostracization mm. from the community but yeah like a like a fitting in um and i think if you are trying to fit in and and, and keep up with trends and do what's popular you you lose sight of what actually is how you identify um but yeah and I, I think a lot of it can come in as well again again for me when I've experienced let's talk on that have you have you ever experienced it would you say yeah I struggled with this at the beginning I don't mm. think so I think I think because I was doing gay things before I even realized I was gay <laughs> so I never really had that like oh um not having experience therefore mm. not feeling queer mm. i mean i went through my own things but it was more that like like actually finding the label was a bit more challenging but i never knew i never didn't know i was gay so mm. i didn't really have this queer imposter syndrome mm. i'd say i had it probably more when i was least l- less experienced mm-hmm. but not re- i had imposter syndrome in being like not a lesbian if that makes sense so like when i was like a bit more wishy-washy with my identity i mean wishy-washy not that being queer is Mm wishy-washy um yeah being a bit sort of less identifying i think maybe there but it was Mm. more like imposter syndrome of like i know i'm not bi like why am i like or pan or queer like why don't i just identify Mm. what's your experience do you feel like you experienced it yeah i would say definitely like if i'm looking at those things um i think when i first came out i definitely didn't have a sense of belonging in the community i hadn't found my community really um i was identifying as bi and then and then queer um did you have gay friends there were like gay people around me um Mm -hmm. when i was coming out which was like really when i was at uh uni Mm -hmm. and like i was working at the time and stuff but like yeah so i had I had gay people around me. I wouldn't have said that they were close friends. And I wouldn't okay. have said as well that like with them, I really engaged much in the queer community. I feel like that kind of came at a later stage when I was okay. like actually dating people. Because um, I found it easier mm, like at school having like gay friends. Yeah. I found that easier, even though it was sort of not spoken about. We knew that. Mm, um mm. So I feel like that makes it a bit easier. But yeah, mm. I can imagine if you're quite isolated mm. and having these thoughts. Because I think, you know, maybe elephant in the room, these thoughts, I think they generally happen at night, don't they? They happen mm. when you're alone, mm. when you're like not yeah. out and about yeah. having fun. Yeah, definitely. Or like, I think I still get some sense of it sometimes of like, do you get when you're when you're getting ready for like the day or you're getting ready mm. to go out or something and you can't I've had it before where I, where I can't quite match up how I feel in my head that day with my mm. outward appearance and I'm like trying to figure out do I feel more because for me it's fluid it's very fluid mm-hmm. it's like do I feel more like I want to dress less feminine today or mm. 
uh, and then I or like do I feel more feminine mm. and then I put that feminine thing on and I'm like no this is so wrong mm. like I yeah yeah I get that it's a lot I get that really hard like if I have a f- pretty small wardrobe but like yeah one day I might think oh, I'm gonna wear that and I put it on like and it's generally the femme things that mm. I put on and I'm like woof that looks really wrong on my body yeah um yeah I hadn't really thought about that being imposter syndrome but I suppose it yeah is. I think I think to an extent because it's like I, I think it's part of that I wouldn't call it gender dysphoria because that's no. not why I feel like those feelings are coming I feel like it's more of a um a like dysphoria with your like outward appearance as Mm. to how you feel like inside Mm. um but not in a gendered way I don't really know how to describe it have you ever thought about your gender yes like we've had discussions about that before I think again that was something that kind of came in more when I was like first identifying with being um a lesbian like with that label Mm -hmm. um I definitely had times before I was like sometimes like I wish my boobs were just not there Mm. but that is something for me that's kind of shifted and changed like the more that I've dressed less feminine the less I feel like that I feel like really what it was for me when those thoughts were coming up was just that I was not my style did not match how I felt Mm -hmm. and I think what that in terms of like the um, imposter syndrome right what that felt like was like you either didn't fit into either camp, right? So either you're dressing really femme, but it feels wrong. Mm. So then you're getting an imposter syndrome with like the straight community. Mm. Or there may be times, I get this less so, where I'm dressing more queer, but it feels like an act. Mm. I have had that though, definitely. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so I had it, um, I went to Butch Please oh my God. one time. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't I, laugh. I think I've told you this story. Um, <laughs> It was the first Butch Please thing I'd ever gone to. I actually think it was the first queer event I'd ever gone to. I'd gone to queer spaces. What a good start. But I think it was like the <laughs> first queer event I ever went to. Um, and it was Butch Please and it was plaid themed. It's a rough one. <laughs> you can see where this it's is going. Um, and I was on the back end of like my first queer relationship as well. It was, it was, I think it was maybe already out the door, but we were still in contact. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> and I... I wore these like black jeans with like a rip on the knee nice. and I think like a black a black ribbed um, top a bit longer than the one I'm wearing right now um, and this like red checked shirt that I had <laughs> and my hair was not Julia no, and I put my, my hair was like half up half down as well um, and I'd also recently cut my hair so I was not feeling that great about that mm-hmm. Um and it just felt so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. But I felt like I had to dress like more butchy mask because I was going to this event. Yeah. And plaid because that was the theme. And that was the only plaid thing I had. Mm-hmm. But the whole night, I felt very uncomfortable, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I just felt like... It wasn't you. It wasn't me. I didn't feel like I was. I was playing butch well enough basically Mm -hmm. i was there like "Hmm, look really look feels and looks like i'm just pretending Mm. um yeah and it just felt wrong and i think that that's like a a good example of when you're trying to fit because of the imposter um imposter syndrome that you're experiencing and it can make you feel 
worse when you do that when you mm. and when you don't actually sit and think authentically what do I want to be wearing that makes me feel comfortable and it's mm. not all about looks don't get me wrong it's also about like um you know how you how how you how you interact with people and everything but um yeah that was my experience then and then also I think when I first came out as bi I definitely um slid into some some things that I thought I needed to be wearing I thought I needed to wear like fishnet tights every time I went to a queer space why I don't know that's random it just felt more gay okay that's why I feel like I felt more like I looked gay when Mm. I did that I had like the fishnet tights with like dogs Mm -hmm. classic but like the the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter if you look gay Mm. you are gay Mm. like it doesn't no one no one really cares about what Mm. you're wearing Mm. Like, and so long as you feel comfortable in yourself mm. and that's the most important thing and you're exuding that confidence, like, it does not matter what you're wearing. I think it's something to remember as well. So lesbians do have pretty distinct styles. Mm. Bisexuals, pansexuals don't. So mm. if you aren't fitting into that category, if you're feeling like, oh, I don't look gay enough, mm. there's no right way for you to look. And there's no, no right way for a lesbian to look. I just think... No generally we're easier to spot mm. i don't know why mm. i just think that's maybe that that's you know wrong but you know things like like carabiners for mm-hmm. example or eyebrow slits mm-hmm. i have on myself like do you think that everyone that's doing those things is doing it authentically no 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 absolutely I, yeah not. i agree yeah. i agree i think i think our style evolves and changes um i haven't ever had a problem with people not viewing me as as gay mm. um, neither have i can i just say mm. like it was all a thing in my head like mm. i've never actually had a problem with it i think we often think that people are thinking more than they're thinking yeah like people really don't care about you no and also like it's all about the way that you carry yourself too because mm-hmm. because you are gay you're that person mm. it's part of your body it's part of your brain mm. like i remember i worked with someone and they were like um I, I think i hadn't really told people at work that i was i was out Fair enough, yeah. and then like i did later on and they were like oh like i, I didn't i didn't realize like that that you i identified that way and i was like yeah yeah like uh, I, I think maybe i hadn't said to them that i was a lesbian i yeah. think it might have been around the time when i was i was shifting from queer to lesbian mm-hmm. um and that person was like you know what they were like i i feel like i knew that mm. from you before you even said anything because mm. they were like it's it's about the way that you you carry yourself mm. they were like you have a kind of gay walk and i was like mm. lol funny mm. but like yeah it's mm. it's part of you you and your personality it's not just the way you look mm. necessarily yeah know? i was told that as well once i was going on a date with a girl and i was wearing a dress and um, i can't remember how we were talking about it but she um is like looks very like queer like had at the time had like mm. pink hair and a mullet um and she says yeah she said that i could tell you okay by the the way you walked and i've always resented that because i don't think that's true <laughs> yeah. i don't think you can tell that yeah but, um I think I think it's easier for gay people to find other gay people. If you're trying mm. to please straight people, mm. you're never going to win. Because like, yeah. there's still guys that will like hail my girlfriend. Yeah, and she's mask. Yeah, and, like butch. She's butch to be honest. Um, so 
you'll never win if you're mm. trying to please the general world you're mm. never gonna win no definitely um, not i do think i want to circle back to the sexual inexperience thing yeah i think that is probably the top one wouldn't you agree yeah of why you might i, feel I that think way. that's a, a big cause of it definitely like mm. if you've had a lack of queer experience whether that's sexual or like in relationships to then i think that will make you feel possibly less validated Mm. um in your queerness Mm. which you know it's bullshit like you you don't need experience to be valid as a queer person no but you you can't help feel that way i definitely Mm. felt that way i feel Mm. like i for me it was a big sigh of relief kind Mm. of when i when i had my first queer relationships and queer experience because then it's like yes like i'm gay and everyone can see it yeah. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but you don't need that mm. you don't need that you could be with you know you could be with a man your whole life and identify as bi and mm. that's completely valid like it mm. doesn't make a difference it doesn't make you any less gay mm. like you know what do you think about gatekeeping in the community because you're saying oh it doesn't make you mm. any less gay but there are people out there and yes. I am one of those people yes. that will be a bit more suspicious. So again, I think that this can be another cause of of um, of these the, the feelings of um, imposter syndrome. Mm. Uh, yeah, a, a defensive community. We're in a community where the media um, sexualizes like queerness of it mm. of the members of that community and so i think we get defensive about who occupies uh, occupies that space because mm. we we don't want it to become something that it's that it's not mm. um and i think people who are bi and pan and queer experience this to the highest degree mm. um because there's a lot of erasure that they experience inside yeah. and outside of the community um and actually, this is not the nicest statistic, and I'm going to give you a uh, trigger warning because this talks on um, self-harm and suicide. But basically, there was a study in 2019 that found that 77.6% of bisexual people have considered suicide in comparison to the 11% of the rest of the population. Mm. And apparently a, a huge part of that is the erasure that they experience the stereotypes that they are not not queer enough um they're not actually part of the community they don't actually like say say if it's a bi by woman they don't actually like women um mm. or they're perpetuated as as promiscuous and mm. greedy and cheaters or whatever it may be um so i think that and that that knowing of that can add hugely mm. to the experience of Im- imposter syndrome mm. with with people of that identity definitely mm. i guess my question because we're saying you know this is something i feel about mm. in terms of um gatekeeping in the community mm. i don't understand how you could come out as bisexual mm. with a man and never never pursue those feelings mm. i struggle to comprehend that and i can mm. imagine that's what a lot of the gatekeeping comes out of is like we're so unrelatable Mm. the or it's so unrelatable that i can't put my finger around it therefore that wall comes up you've got to also understand that like lesbians you know we are the smallest community Mm. so we're going to gatekeep because Mm. we're tiny Mm. and it doesn't make sense that you know 
we're not heard mm. but it's just it is is what it is yeah and you know i yeah i do understand that to be fair but i mean i have had before talking about kind of um perceptions within the community mm. i have had someone in the community before tell me that i don't look gay Oof. yeah so um i may have also already told this story on this on this podcast but basically i went to a concert mm. um some twink was asking everyone who was gay mm. and i said i was a lesbian and he went oh you don't look gay Mm. And it's like, can we stop saying that? Can yeah. we stop saying that to people? Like Honestly. that's such a huge perpetuation of this issue. It's like, if we can't even find support within our own community of people just allowing people to to be however they want to be mm. and they are still gay. Mm. Like if we can't even find that in our own community and we're getting those comments, then, mm. you know, like i think that's just really sad like mm. we should be out here supporting one another and allowing everyone to you know dress and behave exactly how they want to mm. and still be valid in their queerness you know mm. the only time where i've had like queer imposter syndrome was growing up um because my parents are gay mm. so that was quite confusing i don't know if it'd be under imposter syndrome i guess so mm. um just feeling like am i gay or am i just turning out to be my mum? because my mum's a lesbian as well definitely imposter syndrome. yeah 100%. yeah but it was never a case of like oh i don't think i'm gay because why would i be doing that it was more like mm. oh my god have i like been brainwashed into being gay or was i born <laughs> gay because my mum's gay yeah. and that again is society's fault because it's it's the perpetuation isn't it that we're gay parents create bad children yeah yeah gay children You're turning everyone gay yeah Child. exactly exactly I know. gay people exactly exactly <laughs> um yeah and just making sure that i have an authentically gay experience that wasn't just a mm. carbon copy of my mum. Mm-hmm. that was challenging because we do you know this is a bit different now but we do generally mm. end up like our parents yeah or yeah. at least similar yeah you know because that's the morals and stuff that are instilled in us yeah um so yeah that was a bit challenging for me mm. um I, I i sort of got over it once i was older and away mm. from my mum. because mm. you know when you're living with your parents you're it's a lot more consumed and i lived with my yeah. mum and her wife yeah from like the age of seven up to 18 so once i was away from them mm. then it was like those those feelings pretty much just completely stopped even with mm. experience and stuff it, that didn't really stop it because it was like, yeah. oh, am I just like yeah. doing this? Because that's what my mom does. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, if you if you come from queer parents, mm. you can question where those feelings are coming from. Mm. And on the flip side as well, like, I'm so different from my family in that way. <laughs> like, I'm the only queer one in my whole family that I know of. Mm. Um, and uh, they struggled with their acceptance of it, and and part of that was them saying to me oh well is this just a trend is this just is this just a phase that you're going through and as as solid as you can feel in your sexuality it's very hard not Mm. to absorb those views and and have times where you think am i just Mm. gay because because when i came out was when i started to have more queer queer people around me yeah so then in your mind you can start thinking well am i am i just now coming out because like there's people around me who are out and Mm. and so like it's not actually how i feel i'm just absorbing how they are Mm. but also you have to think you're coming out now because you feel safe and able to do so yeah with people who around you are Mm. 
you know mm. gonna gonna mm. support you and uplift you mm. um but yeah with with all these opinions that fly about that come into the psyche of of queer people who who may be experiencing imposter syndrome it's so hard not yeah. to absorb those things definitely like you can tell yourself like so much that it's not the case but mm. you still can have mm. that niggling little mm. thing in the back of your mind sometimes mm. i think mm. yeah and to sort of close this up so what can we do mm. to combat this yeah what do you think one can do to, to stop this yeah i i think learning from my experience at mm-hmm. butch please right <laughs> try and put yourself out there and, and go to queer events and, yeah. and engage with the queer community mm. but i would say like think about the ways in which engage, engaging with that community can be done authentically to you mm. so for example like i could have gone to that event but dressed in a way in which I was comfortable and I would have had a better experience Mm. of that space. Mm. Or, you know, maybe go to a queer thing that matches up with a hobby that you already have. So say you like crafts or something, go to a queer event that involves that. Agreed. It's so diverse Mm. in the amount of queer things you can go to Mm. that that cover all aspects of hobbies and interests, Mm. so... Yeah, I think one of the ways in which people get um, queer imposter syndrome is by labeling themselves too fast mm. and by chopping and changing with their labels. Yeah. Um. So I'd say like just relax with them. Like don't feel like you need to identify. Like queer is brilliant because, mm. as I said earlier, it's wishy washy. It's not mm. actually identifying yourself in any way really, other than mm. the fact that you're not straight. So I'd encourage people if you are umming and ahhing to just go with that because I've seen it a lot on TikTok where people mm. have come out as lesbians and then come gone back on it mm. and specifically for lesbians that's really damaging mm. so maybe just take the pressure off um labeling yourself mm. and know that it really like people don't actually care what your label is yeah you're just you just want other people to know yeah. so yeah and beyond it being confusing for like the lesbian community it's also confusing for yourself yeah like, you're logging out that process of of figuring out your most authentic identity Mm -hmm. so yeah just take some time to actually figure that out yeah um and then also like i would say like remember that there's no one way to quantify how queer you are yeah and like you you don't have to be validated by other people no for your queerness like that's a very you never will be you know that's what you're searching no, for you will never get that mm. um you have to find that within within yourself yeah. and it's it's hard like don't get me wrong it's a process working on your self-esteem and your confidence mm. is actually probably more beneficial and just trying mm. to find your own personal style as well because i feel like a yeah. lot of it is honed on oh well, i don't look um gay so therefore people won't think i'm gay but like if you just develop your personal style like gay people one thing we do have is style we are stylish it doesn't matter what it is we're stylish (laughs) yeah so just exploring that a bit more. yeah definitely i would also say um for people that you can see are are coming out Mm -hmm. and they're they're trying to figure it out and you know they're that young fellow queer we don't like to be perpetuated as as an oracle for all queer knowledge, mm. but also we do have more experience that we can share in mm. our support of the people coming out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like we don't want to be the token queer person. No, but I think there's there's positive ways in which you can support 
people coming out without mm. it being at a detriment to yourself. Like, you know, if someone is genuinely like, oh, like, like what is lesbian sex like? Mm. Like, you know, we can educate people mm. and, and shift it into a conversation that is actually beneficial for them and us, mm. you know, breaking down those stereotypes and perceptions of the community and also helping maybe someone who is trying to figure out what's mm. going on with their sexuality yeah you know? yeah i i think choose that person wisely i wouldn't mm. go straight in with asking about sex but um no, yeah but yeah i think definitely reach out to older queer people mm. um and also just get dating mm. like if that's where your anxiety comes from like not having sexual experience or dating experience yeah. like i'm sick of this narrative that oh well, like how can i make myself show that i'm gay when um, mm. women are so scary no we're not no. just date normally no. like because if you're yeah. actually gay you can just date yeah. like it's, it's it's bollocks when people say like oh you know i can't speak to women because they're too scary or like lesbians are really scary mm. to me my lesbian ears immediately go well you're not gay then are you mm. because like it's not hard just mm. do it like, and actually we will have a um episode coming up soon about yes. how to flirt like a, a some people but just get out there like stop yeah. stop giving excuses of like oh it's too scary or i don't have experience and it's a problem and i like yeah. blah 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 just get out there if that if that mm. is what the problem is for you it's it easy. is it is scary when you don't have that experience because there's that like i think often especially if you're coming from a straight mm-hmm. mindset you've not had to be the one that you know has the possibility of rejection because you're the one putting yourself out there mm. so it is an adjustment i definitely had that adjustment yeah um but but it shouldn't stop you don't let it stop you yeah don't let it stop you exactly and yeah i think looking to older queer people is so key mm. i get so emotional anytime i hear an older <laughs> queer person talking honestly i went to a lesbian discussion group and just like i was on the verge of tears the whole time mm. when these older queer women talking but it's so it's so validating mm. because i think especially if you're coming from a background that's not as supported as you may want it to be hearing that generation Mm. talk about their queerness and talk about their support for the community is so validating Mm. um and i think it switches something in your brain of like not everyone from that generation may think that way and yeah that's a good thing yeah you know yeah well we've got to wrap this up but i feel like we could talk forever (laughs) about this but anyway definitely but yeah um you can find us everywhere you can find us on all streaming platforms mm-hmm. we're also on instagram uh the handle is at dyklemmas so mm-hmm. d-y-k-e-l-e-m-m-a-s yep <laughs> give us a review on spotify it really mm-hmm. makes a difference yeah. um and please keep writing in as well yeah um, we haven't been asking you guys that recently because we've had so many yes. but now we're getting to a point where we're ready to to open the back up, up and on the backlog yeah also if you ever disagree with us like feel free to share that with us 100% um and just keep listening guys come on please. <laughs> keep listening we appreciate it all right we will see you next time next time bye bye